Welcome to another exciting episode of the You Know Show. We are two geeks who talk about everything. My name is Aaron, and I am joined usually by my cousin Landon, but once again, he's out. So we have our special guest co-host, Andy. Welcome back, man. Hey, how's it going? I told you, I don't think Landon's coming back. So It's after Christmas, man. I feel like I'm interviewing for the full-time gig right now. Well, it's it's down to you and like three other people. Um, we'll have to call you next week and just let you know. Yeah, we we might have one more one more person on deck for for an interview, but uh, you know if he's a no show, of course that's Mark. We're we're talking about Mark. Yeah, he, he still hasn't yeah. been a yes or a no yet. I like my chances. Uh, <laughs> so today we're going back to the eighties uh, with a bit of a deep cut. Remember the eighties? That's a deeper cut. Uh, Goat Boy from SNL. Yeah. Uh, we're going to discuss the 1987 classic Adventures in Babysitting. Uh, this movie was Chris Columbus's directorial debut. He would later go on to direct a number of other films you may have heard of. Some little Christmas indie picture called Home Alone. Um, these two entries in some series about some kid wizard. I, I, I didn't see it. Um, yeah. I don't know. There was one about a dad who was a cross-dresser trying to spend time with his kids. That was pretty good. Mrs. Doubtfire. Right, 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 <laughs> right, right. right. <laughs> yeah, Chris Columbus came out He's... swinging in 1987 yeah. with Adventures in Babysitting. Right. But, of course, he we should have, We should have known then. We should have known then that there was nothing but greatness coming. That's right. That's what Columbus Day really should have been about, watching his movies. Right, right. Uh, by the time he did this movie, though, he'd already had some success as a writer. He had written Gremlins. He wrote The Goonies. Yeah. Um, a couple other things, I think. I just, off the top of my head, I can't remember. Yeah, definitely Gremlins, because there's a, there's a reference to that in the movie. Uh, there's a patch on the little girl's backpack uh, for Gremlins. That's right. She's got a little mogwai. Yeah. yeah. Um. What's something that's funny too, and I don't know if you've noticed it between watching this and Home Alone, and I don't know if it if it shows up in other movies, but you know the um, statue, yeah, yeah, like the yeah the lawn statue where the like a car runs into it, knocks it over, and uh, it happens in Adventures of Babysitting. It happens again in Home Alone. Every time the pizza guy shows up, he knocks it over. Everybody does. Yeah, everybody it's knocks so great. it over. The the shuttle service from the airport. Yeah. Uh, the pizza man, the cop that comes. Yeah. Uh, we just watched, by the way, uh, Home Alone for the first time with my eight-year-old uh, this week. And he laughed his, himself silly. The The second time that statue got knocked over, I kind of laughed. And he, he thought that was hilarious. So, yeah. That but it all much. started. It all started in Adventures in Babysitting. Right. Uh, so I want to talk about the movie itself. Um, yeah. And, you know, we'll get into the trivia and, and behind the scenes stuff a little bit later. But um, what are some of the moments or lines from this movie that stand out the most to you? Oh, man. I mean, where do you even start? Yeah, it's I mean, it's so, so, so good. Um, it, I mean, first of all, like if you haven't seen this film, this is like classic 80s. Like this is yeah. it's. It's amazing. It's so, so, so good. Um, but, you know, of course, Elizabeth Shue plays this babysitter and she's babysitting these kids and her friend calls from the from the train or the bus station 
downtown. I, you got to come pick me up, but she's got these kids. What do we do? And then she goes to pick her up and just hijinks ensue. And so uh, the, the, the most memorable line from the movie is tied to a really great story for my family, which is I, I have a younger brother, uh, Joey, and you know, we, I have older siblings. And so there were things that we saw before we were probably ready to see them, but we mm -hmm. had done a pretty good job of, of like filtering out the profanity, you know, and like, we may have heard it. We didn't like my parents didn't use that language, but like we would hear it in a movie, but we did a pretty good job of like not repeating it and kind of understanding the lines there. But, uh, in the, in the movie, uh, the, the gang gets, or the, the kids and the babysitter gets stuck on this L train, uh, between these two rival gangs. Right. And they're approaching each other and they're getting ready to brawl. And then the babysitter and these kids are in the middle and Elizabeth Shue is like, don't fight. And so the leader of the gang looks at her and he's got this like knife, you know, this little switch knife that comes up. Uh, which by the way, remember the combs like that? Remember yeah, like yeah. you would hit it. So we, we had those combs and we thought that was so cool because we had seen that kind of knife in this movie anyway. Um, so the leader of the gang looks at Chris, looks at Elizabeth Shue's character and, and says, don't F with, but he says the word, uh, don't F with, and then whatever the name of the gang is. And she looks right back at him and says, don't F with the babysitter. And then, uh, my younger brother, Joey, for weeks afterwards was walking around our house going, don't F with the babysitter. Uh, <laughs> like just full, full on curse word. Mm -hmm. um, and I so I'll tell never you, that never is forget. hilarious because I have an exact same story. That was the first time I ever heard my little sister drop the F-bomb. Yeah. Like we were we were watching this movie at my cousin's house. <laughs> And as soon as those words left Elizabeth Shue's mouth, my sister repeated it as if it was the most profound thing she'd ever heard. Right, right. And right. my older cousin was like, April, you can't say that. She was six. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah. I love so it. Great. I love it. It was, it was it. a PG movie in the 80s. You can get away with saying the F word a couple of times. Yeah. 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 So thank you, Chris Columbus, for April and Joey's first curse words. So that's great. Yeah. And then, um, you know, I, I think just the first scene out of the gate when Elizabeth Shue is at her house and she's running around singing, you know, and then he kissed me, you know, whatever the name of that song is. Uh, I was old enough when I saw it to be like, just like madly in love with Elizabeth Shue. Yeah. Um, and so, and then, yeah, like, so I could not understand at the, at the young age that I was, I could not understand why Bradley Whitford would leave her to then go to dinner with that girl who I did not in any way think was attractive. No. <laughs> she had a um, banana clip in her hair. Yeah. I, I just didn't, I did not get it um, yeah. at all. No. Yeah. I, I, it doesn't matter what movie I see Elizabeth Shue in from the eighties. I'm like, man, if I'd been in high school with Elizabeth Shue, I'd have had a crush on her too. Yeah, I wouldn't have. I mean, I probably wouldn't have acted on it, uh, nor would but, I have gotten her. But yeah, 
I would have totally been definitely had the crush situation. I would have been like, oh, yeah. she's she's amazing from afar, and never yeah. speak to her. You, if you, if I could cast you as one person in the movie, it would be Brad for sure. Great, for sure. One stitch, one stitch. So yeah, because he, he, he gets because he gets the knife in his foot right. on the train when they yeah. when you don't f with the babysitter. Yeah, yeah. That's so. That's actually how. So the the gang leader. Throws the knife down in his his foot, tells that to sends yeah. it to Brad. Yeah, and then and then Chris grabs the knife out of his. She shoe pulls it out. She pulls it out and holds it to the uh, gang leader's neck. Which, by the way, is not what you're supposed to do. No, no, yeah, you're gonna yeah. bled out. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right, so uh, I've I've written down a couple of or like a list of like different things that happen throughout the movie that I I kind of want to yeah. question. First yeah. of all, let's talk about Sarah's obsession with Thor. Yeah. Um, so random. I mean, so random. I was not a Marvel kid growing up. Like yeah. I, I was a I was a comic book geek, yeah, but it was always Superman, Batman, the DC side of things. So I was not familiar with Thor as a character, but I, I think I vaguely knew that it was a, a Marvel kind of deal. Yeah, yeah. Like Spider-Man's over there somewhere, right? Right. Um right. But to to see this movie with this little kid who is who just blatantly obsessed with Thor, I I remember when the the first Thor movie came out, I was like, man, I bet that kid from Adventures in Babysitting is yeah. psyched. Sarah is thrilled right now. Um, yeah, I mean, so interestingly enough, did you know that was not the original storyline uh, yeah. for that character? Uh, not Sarah for Vincent D'Onofrio's character. So originally in the script, when they go to the garage to pick up this car that has been repaired and they don't have the money to pay, uh, there was going to be a very masculine female mechanic. And there was a whole, the whole bit was trying to figure out, is this a man or is this a woman? Uh, and so that was cut to make it a little more lighthearted you know, with Sarah and the whole Thor thing. So Vincent D'Onofrio was cast and then they were like, I guess he looks like Thor, I, you know? And so that was like, that was a later addition to the script. Um, wow. And so, and so I think like, there's no way I would, that the first storyline would not have been as memorable to me as a younger person watching the movie. Uh, but the whole like wonder behind, oh, all of a sudden you're like, is that Thor? Because Vincent Offrey's character, like he totally plays into it. Yeah. Uh, and so I thought, and then in today's society, if that would have been the storyline, we would have looked back on that as like, oh, that was horrible. And that was so misguided. And that was bigotry, you know, that was bigotry and all these things. And so sure, it's like, so, up today. Yeah. Yeah. I'm so thankful that they didn't, they didn't do that because now it's like oh marvel and thor and that's amazing and d'onofrio was like in you know in daredevil and so there's that connection and so anyway it was just interesting uh i didn't know that but i, I learned that today reading some stuff um okay now let's talk about brenda so that brenda is um chris's best friend and kind yeah. of the uh the macguffin of the movie if you will she is yeah she They're, is the the whole quest is to go downtown and 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 pick her up from the bus station, and then everything that can go wrong does. Um, yeah. 
she has obviously got a problematic home life. Um, for sure, for sure. Take a minute to appreciate that because she is. Um, she ran away from home, but she was also threatening to kill her stepmother yeah. by putting Drano in her tab. Tab for yeah. those of you who don't know is a diet drink from the eighties. Yeah. So I mean, I I just I want to maybe I hope somebody checks in on her um, today. Yeah. I just want to see what she's up to. Um, at this point, she's probably a grandmother. Um, maybe just want to check on those grandkids. That's all I'm saying. Uh, I like the part where she loses, like she like switches glasses, right? Like a homeless lady takes her glasses yeah, and then she can't see. And so she puts on other glasses or something or no, the homeless lady is like, I gets her glasses and then is finally so excited because she has glasses that are like the right prescription. And I remember, I remember like being so happy for that woman, for, the, <laughs> for that homeless woman. Uh, but yeah, it was, that's utterly terrifying. The, the situation they put her in as a kid. So, I mean, I can think about the bus station in like uh, the fan area of like Richmond, like that, like near downtown Richmond. I can think of the bus station and the thought of like at that, the age I was at when I saw it, the thought of being alone in the bus station, terrifying. And yeah. so everything that they had happen, uh, it just felt like the clock was ticking. Like, Chris, we got to get there. 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 He's going to die. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, And so, but what's what's great is that when she finally does get picked up, she thinks she's had the worst night out of everybody. What's with the fireworks? They controlling this. <laughs> So on our last last episode, I had balloons flying behind me, and now I got right. fireworks. But no, I just love it. At the end of the movie, she gets picked up, and she's like, you guys are never going to believe the night that I've had. And they're like, oh, Brenda. <laughs> you don't even know. Yeah. Um. All right, what's something else? Uh, how, how old is too old to babysit? Because that's how something old? Chris keeps saying, yes. Oh, at the start of it, she's like, I'm too old to babysit. She's 17, right? Yeah, she's 17. I, mean, I would assume um, as a senior in high school that you're you're not too old to babysit. This is this is no. a legit way to make some money, especially in the, the neighborhood you live in. I mean, yeah. you you you're going to babysit for the Andersons. I mean now she's in prime dollar. She's in prime babysitting age at that point. So right. she needs to cash in, cash in for sure. Let's... Now I think I think that that Brad had a point. Like I I can't believe I'm being babysat at the age that I'm at. Oh, yeah. Um, but to be fair, I don't think necessarily they were planning on him being babysat because remember right. at the beginning his the plan was he was going over to Daryl's right. house. Daryl, yeah. And then Daryl decided to come on come over there. So, right, right. <laughs> Excuse me. Um, can we talk about? Can we talk about Bradley Whitford? Yes, please. Can we talk about Bradley Whitford? So did you know, uh, well, first of all, let me ask you, do you know what did his license plate say? Of his Camaro. So cool. Um, Are you aware that was Bradley Whitford's actual Camaro and actual license plate? I think I've heard that somewhere, yeah. That that was actually his car, yeah. Yeah, Yeah. and so it checks out. 
Uh, it checks out. He he's the kind of guy that would definitely. I, first of all, I love Bradley Whitford uh, in everything that he's in. Um, but he was that guy in the eighties. I mean, for sure, with yeah. the hair and the face, and yeah, he was perfectly cast in that role. Like his character on Brooklyn Nine Nine as uh, Andy Samberg's dad, yeah, is the grown up version of Mike Toddwell. Yeah, for sure, for sure. <laughs> yeah, w- without a doubt, w- without a doubt. So, um, I gotta yeah, say, I, one, I love that. One of my favorite scenes is uh, when the kids break into the back of that blues club, and nobody leaves this place without singing the blues. Yeah, she's got the babysitting blues. Yeah, and oh my gosh, that scene, that whole scene is just fantastic. Like, I dare anybody not to start clapping and singing along with that. I mean, it's <laughs> it's so much fun. Oh and, my uh, gosh, man! I, I, Elizabeth Shue gave an interview uh, not too long ago. She said she mentioned that performing babysitting blues uh, was one of her favorite experiences as an actor. I love it. I love it. How could it not be? I mean, Very seriously. How could it not be? I, I will tell you, they were as as fun and light as that part of the movie was. They were they were again terrifying parts of this movie. Uh, when the guy, you know, those two guys are chasing them, and they're in the high rise building, and Sarah ends up on the outside of the window at the you know, at the party her parents are at. Yeah, uh, I mean, terrifying. I <laughs> as a person who's afraid of heights too. Uh, to think that that kid was on the side of that building. Um, but that was the only way to escape those, those. That guy was so creepy looking, by the way. That white guy, that, he had this long kind of scratchy looking face. Ugh. Yeah. I want to know how nobody at that party saw Sarah outside that window. Yeah, I mean. I mean, it's a dark night. And here's like a kid dressed in red and blue. Just yeah. sidling along the the window there, it's like no one no one notices this. Only, yeah, you, only you, one creepy guy notices. You unintentionally just made a connection to the Dark Knight, uh, because in the movie The Dark Knight, a very similar thing happens. You know where Rachel ends up on the outside of the windows of that high rise building uh, there in Chicago, because that's where The Dark Knight was filmed, and uh, she's she's sliding down. And so, yeah, a little, little connection there to the Dark Knight. Now, so there are no uh, connections other than all of the Thor references. This, this isn't technically a Marvel Cinematic Universe type movie. Correct. But did you know there's an end credit scene? There's an end credit scene to Adventures in Babysitting? There sure is. Wait, let me the... think. Let me think. I don't know. What is it? the very end of it after the credits roll it comes back to uh graden the black dude on the outside of the building still standing there <laughs> crying for help no no way it's yeah go back and watch it it's there and oh, wow. <laughs> and every time like i don't always like sit through the credits to see that part but whenever i see it or remember it i'm just like that dude couldn't have survived there's no oh way. Oh my gosh. He died. Yeah. <laughs> he was left he out there to sweat it out. But he, he died. 100% died. Yeah. Yeah. We don't talk about that, but yeah. yeah the body count PG the, rating. If, yeah, the body the died. body count is a little higher than they want to that they want to uh, let us know. So yeah. 
uh, any other oh, scenes that you yeah. think of? Oh, so uh, it was a very interesting conversation in the Barry House when the question was asked, "What is Playboy?" Uh, because they have that whole that whole scene, that whole thing throughout the movie, where she looks like uh, Elizabeth Shue looks like the girl on the cover or in the centerfold or whatever of Playboy, and so we're like, "What's Playboy?" You know. <laughs> I mean, right. that was, we had no, my younger brother and I had no concept of what that was. Um, and so we, um, we found out what that was uh, later for sure. But, uh, but again, PG movie, you know, aimed at younger, a, a family movie, right? It's just so different in the eighties. So, yeah. but I mean, obviously that was like Photoshop, uh, of, of her um i heard a story that she that they like they like actually shot that like at the playboy mansion uh and today she elizabeth shoe still has that prop um oh really and like co covets it as like one of her favorite pieces from any movie she's been in so yeah but yeah you have you have wholesome listeners so they may not even know what that is so oh, no Guys, uh, it's to this day, I'm, I'm not sure what Playboy is, to be honest. Yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, when this is over, I'll tell you. Okay, thanks. <laughs> Do I want to know, though? <laughs> no. no Even still publishing? It's all it's all online <laughs> now, isn't it? <laughs> oh, uh, gosh. So, uh, behind the scenes, uh, originally Paramount was going to produce this thing, but they wanted Molly Ringwald for the lead. Did you know that? Uh, who didn't want Molly Ringwald for the lead? That was 1987. The <laughs> yes. there, was a, there was an actress cast before Liz Michoud uh, who dropped out. Do you know who that was? I do not. Jodie Foster. Really? Yeah. Jodie Foster was cast but backed out. Wow. I don't think I could see her doing... Uh, it's hard to picture Jodie Foster doing comedy. Even though I know like she did Maverick and that was a funny movie, but like all I think of is Silence of the Lambs with her. Yeah. And like sure. very serious roles. For sure. Um, Elizabeth Shue, if we can just get back to how amazing Elizabeth Shue is. Um, we can make a whole podcast she, about her. She played that role with the perfect balance of like desperation, right? Like she was, the look on her face was always like, I cannot believe I've put these kids in this situation. I've got to find a way out of this and go rescue my friend, uh, but also confidence. Like just, she was just as bad as they come uh, and as tough as they come. And so she she balanced that like so well. Um, yeah. So yeah, I can't imagine anybody else anybody else doing it. But. No, nah. nah. and you know, one of, it's one of those things, like I remember when I was a kid, wishing that when the movie was over, that it wasn't over or that there was another yeah. one or something. Um, yeah, of course I know. You know, as as a movie lover at this point, I'm 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 glad it is a one and done movie because a sequel would have just ruined it. Um, well, they did. The Disney Channel did do a series uh, back in like 2016. Yeah, blasphemy. Yeah, it wasn't. It wasn't good. Yeah, I, I can't believe they didn't get a they didn't get a sequel. Um, can't you see it though? Can't you see like in the early 90s? having like a kindergarten cop ish, you know, sequel where it's some like jock that has to be the babysitter and uh, you know, all all hell breaks loose. 
Yeah. I think they could have done it. Oh yeah. I would have I would have watched it. I'd, I'd watch that movie, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Maybe Kindergarten Cop is the sequel to Adventures in Babysitting. Because he essentially goes to babysit a bunch of kids and a bunch of stuff goes wrong. Yeah. So. And you could also tie that in with the Goonies because it takes place in Astoria where the Goonies took place. What does? Kindergarten Cop. Oh, does it really? Yeah. Astoria, Oregon. That's the same place where the Goonies was. How about that? Yeah. Do you think that's the school that like Mikey and Chunk and Mouth and Data went to? They had to have when they were in elementary were school. They, that... Were they friends with Dominic? No, because he would have been in kindergarten several years after the events of the Goonies. And of course, by then they were all in middle school, early high school. Right, so, right, 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 right. With Troy. Yeah. Yeah. And Troy in his bucket. Dude, we should have done Goonies. Time up there. Talked... Yeah, we could have talked about Goonies for twice as long. So. Oh, my gosh. Uh, <laughs> oh. All right, let's see what else we got. What other trivia do you have that you, you found off of the IMDb? Um, you know, it's here's a fun one. All right. So, Brad, I mean, excuse me, Daryl at the frat party, uh, you know, ends up kissing that, that girl, um, Lolita Davidovich. Davidovich. No way. Davidovich? Yeah. Davidovich. You, you're saying that like, like you know her, like you're friends with her. No, but I've seen her in other stuff. Like this this was an early role for her. She's been in other things. Like during the 90s, she did some other stuff. D- Davidovich. Lolita Davidovich, yeah. I stand corrected. Anyway, in the credits, in the credits, she is listed as Blonde. That is her character name. But there's the balloons again. It's gotta be something with my hands. Do this? Gotta be something with my hands. I don't know. Anyway, she's listed in the credits as blonde. Uh, She is brunette in the movie. Yeah. So, not sure why that happened. Yeah, not sure why they did that. Um, And then, yeah, I mean, we mentioned uh, D'Onofrio, you know, being Thor and then ending up in the MCU uh, as Kingpin, which is just so. So funny, so cool. Really um, what's what's really funny is if if you only know Vincent D'Onofrio from like Law and Order Criminal Intent or you know Daredevil or stuff like later in life, uh, you would not recognize him in Adventures of Babysitting. No, no I, he is I young remember, like, and muscular, and I think I was I, I was rewatching the movie as an adult, like maybe in my late twenties. And and yeah. realizing is that is that Vincent D'Onofrio with is that Dawson, and yeah. uh, and realizing that's who that was, and I'm like, wow, how young was he when he did that role? Yeah, but of course, he, I mean, he yeah. already had a, a career going on. Guy hadn't at that point. I hadn't seen Full Metal Jacket, but uh, oh, right, right. He's right. he's in that plays a very unhinged character in that, but uh, uh, man. Yeah, to like I said, I had no idea that that's who that was as the uh, the Thor stand-in. But I love yeah. I love how his character kind of 
melts when when Sarah believes in him and, and says that he's her hero because she truly believes yeah. that's who he is. And yeah. and then he says, gives her, her helmet back because hey, I got one of these at home. Hey, hey kid, I got one of these at home. Yeah. So I talked uh uh the last time we recorded, which was just a long time ago, um, not 12 minutes ago, but the last time we did this, I talked about the phrase awaken the wonder. That's one of those moments. That's one of those moments that as, as a guy in his forties, as a father of two, and as a guy that works with families and kids and stuff, I'm like, man, never miss a chance to create a moment like that for a kid. Right. And so, uh, what's his name? Dawson. That's his name in the movie. Yeah. Dawson totally gets that. Right. Like, so he gives up, he gives up the money that he would have made for fixing the back window of the car that got shot out for the, was it the windshield or the back window? It was, you know, it was the front windshield. Oh, yeah, yeah. So he gives up the money for fixing that to create this moment for this kid to just allow her to believe for a little longer that this really is Thor, that heroes exist, that, like, the good guy is going to do the right thing. I mean, it was really just, like, this very sweet moment from this very tough guy. Uh, yeah. But seriously, as kids, we were like, I think I, I think that's really Thor. It really <laughs> like, is. It's, it's really like Thor. We bought it. Like we bought it. Um, and so, yeah, it was really, really cool for a very strange kind of throwaway thing in the movie. But yeah, yeah, it's very touching. Yeah. No, it was, um, I mean, looking back, it was just, it's such a phenomenal movie. The little sister, Sarah messing with Brad, the whole movie, uh, and kind of poking fun at him. And then Daryl just being this wild card. You know, you never know what's going to happen. I remember him putting his mouth. You know, he put his mouth on like the outside of the car window and it like rolled up and down. And so we tried, we did that thousands of times to try to blow our cheeks out, you know, on the yeah. window like Daryl did. Uh, yeah. So that was definitely, <laughs> my parents would get so mad at us for doing that, but. Oh yeah. It, it leaves a horrible mark on the outside of the glass. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, for sure. For sure. But uh, no, it's just, it's so fun. It's just such a fun movie. Um, again, one of those, like what, what could go wrong does go wrong. Uh, in the end, you know, the justice that she gets in the restaurant with, uh, with Mike, I mean, just you rooting for her the whole way. And then when the college guy shows up, you know, and don't they yell out the window, like kiss him or something. Uh, Yeah. The kids do. And you get this look, Brad gives this look like, well, I guess I'm really not going to be the man for her like you know and and he's coming to terms with that and so yeah it's just it's a great coming of age like if you like if you said hey the main character of this movie is sarah like you have a whole you have a great story you know if you go hey the main character is brad you got a great story uh if it's brenda it's a real weird story so <laughs> really sad somebody should really check on her <laughs> Pleasure yeah, with Brenda. Again, they just again, shove her Brenda, out the door. I'll call you tomorrow. Brenda, Brenda, if you're a fan of the podcast and you're watching, we just want to know you're you are loved. You are enough. Okay. You're safe. <laughs> you're good enough. <laughs> you're smart enough. Doggone people like you. Oh my gosh. Hey, do you know why uh do you know why Daryl's hair was the color that it was? Uh because he was a redhead. 
So he had uh, naturally blonde hair, uh, and they dyed it red for the movie. And it's because the filmmakers thought that people would confuse him for Anthony Michael Hall. Really? So they wanted to dip. They wanted to differentiate from the Hughes movies with Anthony Michael Hall. So they end up having him dye his hair red uh, as Daryl. Yeah, so random. And it's like there are things like that that I'm like I would have never cared about that. Like I would have not, I wouldn't have thought twice about that, but there are producers and directors and studio heads sitting in a room somewhere going, we got to dye the hair red. This, this is the, of utmost importance. We got to dye the hair red. And it's written into a contract somewhere. So, well, and, but I never, and then I never would have thought that about becomes a, an identifying characteristic of the, the, um, the truck driver with the hook for a hand calls him red. <laughs> He's, yes. he's there. Uh, handsome John Pruitt. They're in the they're in the truck. He goes. How have we uh, not Mr. talked Pruitt, about that guy yet, Mr. Pruitt? Can I, can I ask you a question? Yeah, I read what? <laughs> how how did you lose it? Lose what? Y your hand? Was it in Nam? <laughs> All right. So, what was his name again? The truck driver, John Pruitt. John Pruitt. Okay. So let handsome me ask you John a question. Pruitt. <laughs> let me ask you a question. You're stuck on the side of the road. You got to get it. You got to hitch a ride. Would you rather be picked up by handsome John Pruitt or large Marge? Who would you rather be picked up by? Uh, well, John Pruitt proved himself to be a, a pretty nice guy. And large Marge was a ghoul. <laughs> is this the same? Is this the same John Pruitt that drove the kids to the house and then got his like, 38 caliber out of the glove compartment and went in and shot somebody. Is that, well, is that who we're talking about? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. He's reaching the, the gun. Part. Is he getting a hand? No, it's a gun. Oh God. <laughs> yeah. I just want to make sure that's the guy you want to ride with. Yeah, absolutely. That that's how he's you would feel. That's how you would feel. Protective. He's offering to pay for my tire. You know, I mean, yeah. here's, Here's a guy yeah. who's he's he's just being a nice guy. He just gets some bad news over the radio. That was Dawson's fault. Okay. Really? That's yeah. on Thor. Yeah. Yeah, I hear you. I'm just uh oh, I just saw I was I just pulled up some of the quotes and I saw what the F the don't F with the they were called the Lords of Hell. That oh, was yeah. the gang. Yeah. Yeah. Here come Devereaux. Yeah, I like when Brenda tries to pay for the hot dogs with a check. Um, I don't know if you remember that. Yeah, it's a good check. It's a good check. Yeah. <laughs> she she explains it like it's like seven steps before it gets to her. Like, yeah. how is that even a good check anymore? There's no yeah. way. Which, by the way, gave us the line, uh, but I don't have any cash. And then have he a says that. <laughs> Then I don't have a wiener. <laughs> oh, oh man! <laughs> yeah, I mean that's that's so good. Uh, you know, I mean, yeah, so many good lines. I mean, to just go through some of these, you know, I don't think your parents will ever ask me to babysit again. If they do, I'd ask them for a buck more an hour. I mean, great. Brad is just. That's when Brad is getting some confidence and he's coming around to who he is and he knows like, you know, I can, I can talk to Chris. Like I'm not to be embarrassed or scared of her. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. 
I mean, any other thoughts on the movie for you? I mean, there's so many, and and we can't keep going because we're out of time. But uh, it's it, it really is a great movie. Folks out there, if you're watching this or listening to this and you haven't seen Adventures in Babysitting, what are you doing with your life? What are you um, doing? Seriously, it's on Disney+. Plus. Go check it out. Uh, is it, it on is, Disney+. Plus? Yeah. Oh, I'm going to have to watch it tonight. It was, yeah. So, Touchstone Pictures is a subsidiary of, of Disney. I mean, listen, do you not get the feels when you see that, that like, Touchstone logo come up? And the lightning bolt? The, yeah. 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 I mean, that's just memories right there. So. Yeah. So yeah, it's it really is. It's a great movie. It's very quotable, endlessly quotable. Um, yeah, yeah. It's, it's just fun. It's just fun. Can you think of any other movies that uh, have that similar kind of feel to it, where it's like it, you're it's an up all night kind of movie where you know you're you're facing one challenge after another, but it's 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 an adventure, but it's funny and it's scary and like all at once can you think of any other movies that are kind of like that uh you know i feel like there are it, there's been a string of like um uh, what's the like suit uh, fun size i think is the movie where like the girl's babysitting and she like on halloween and she loses the kid uh yeah. and she's got to find the kid i mean so that kind of that kind of reminds me of it a little bit um we just watched uh the family switch on netflix with ed helms and jennifer garner uh and it's got a similar like we gotta we time's running short we gotta try to fix this everything that could go wrong is going wrong it's hysterical like it is so so funny we laughed my wife and i laughed so hard watching that movie uh and so i would definitely recommend that um only downside of that movie no elizabeth shoe i mean you can say that about a lot of movies actually (laughs) <laughs> yeah, you can. But I, I mean, your your favorites, uh, Back to the Future, have Elizabeth Shue. So well, two of them do. Two and two and three. Two and three. Yeah. yeah, she was she was brought in to replace Claudia Wells as Jennifer Parker. Yeah, I mean, why is that? Because Claudia Wells, her mom actually had cancer, and so when it came time to do the sequels, mm. she had she had given up acting. To uh to spend time with her mom and to take care of her. Oh so, my gosh. Yeah. So that's why yeah, they had to recast. Do what? I, I didn't know that. That's yeah. It's one of those could have been. One of those back to the future trivia things that I, I pride myself on knowing. <laughs> Listen, man, nobody goes deeper than you on Back to the Future. So though that's I will right. say, I think was I was I the first person to show you the kid in Back to the Future 3 on the train? Or did you already know that? I already knew that. It's oh, so creepy. Like I, and, and there's no answer out there like as to what what that's about. Yeah. Um, and I know the audience is like, what are you even talking about? Back to the Future 3, at the end of it, watch. As the camera's panning in on Doc and he's explaining your future yeah. is whatever you make it. Look over his kid, shoulder. Yeah, look over his shoulder at the younger kid standing in front of Clara. For some reason, he makes this come forward motion and then points to his crotch. Why? What is right. he telling somebody he's got to go to the bathroom? I don't know. We'll never know. But there's, we'll never there's know. no explanation on the internet anywhere. I wish Robert Zemeckis would come out and say, hey, this is what happened. And this is why we kept it in the film. 
I mean, yeah. did no one catch that yeah. in editing? Yeah. It, uh, weird. Next, next, next week on the podcast, uh, special guest star, the kid from the train. Can't wait. Let's, let's, let's find that kid, see if we can get him on the show. All right. So, uh, <laughs> Andy, thanks again for, uh, for being here. It's been a lot of fun. Um, we'll have to have you back sometime, man. Listen, if, if your listeners were able to make it through the twisted, uh, you know, journey that we just took from adventures and babysitting to the kid on the train, the back of the future, kudos to them. It's, it's a long and winding road, man. Uh, thank you listeners and viewers for tuning in to another episode of the, you know, show. Don't forget to like subscribe and hit the bell icon so that you can be notified whenever we post something new until next time. Have a great, whatever it is, wherever you are. Yeah.